Section zero of En Route. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. En Route by Jory Karl Heismans. Translated by Charles Keegan Paul. Translator's Note. It is seldom fair to an author, nor does it raise the value of literature, to imagine too readily that a writer is himself depicted in his works. We rob Sir Walter Scott of much of his creative power if we assert that in Red Gauntlet are exact portraits of himself and his father. Nor is it just criticism to declare that Shakespeare left a likeness of himself in Hamlet. No one can, of course, create any fictitious character unless he have in himself undeveloped possibilities, some of which he sketches in his books, and, at times, he may have prophesied his own future course in the events under which he has brought the characters in his narrative. It would be intrusive and impertinent to declare that M. Heismans has written an analysis of himself, or a full description of his own conversion under the name of Durtal, because, though it is quite needless for the understanding of en route, Durtal is also the hero of a former book, La Bas, where an experience is made of Satanism, black masses, and other forms of detestable impiety, known in France, and at this moment under investigation in the law courts, but so far as we are aware, unknown in England. In France, as a rule, the population is Catholic. French Protestants, who answer very much to our Unitarians, are confined for the most part to certain centres, form isolated knots in other places. They do not in any sense leaven the people. Hence, when a Frenchman loses faith, he has not, as in England, a Protestant sect handy, in joining which he may believe as much or as little as he please, but in which morals, at least, are upheld. He plunges only too often into sinful excesses, now and then into some complicated and enormous crime, becoming actively hostile to the dominant religion of his country. Since it meets him at every turn, he cannot be indifferent to, nor ignore it. He is aided in his revolt, not by religious sects, bulwarks at least against the denial of God, but by societies of freethinkers, solidaires, freemasons, etc., bound to an active warfare with the church, and sworn to keep the priest away from their families, so far as in them lies, especially at the hour of birth by refusing baptism, in the hour of death by withholding the last sacraments, and after death by insisting on civil funerals. In the many episcopal approvals bestowed on an admirable little French book setting forth devotions, a guild, and a cloistered community in aid of the dying, much is said of the work of Freemasons. We are probably safe in saying that English Freemasons are only members of a convivial society who, knowing nothing of the splendour of church vestments, banners, and furniture, or of confraternities in which even the laity may share, have adopted their own ornate badges and ritual. Freemasons in England might well be let alone by the church, and would do no harm, were it not that it is the boast of every mason that his society is one all the world over. And in France, in Italy, and elsewhere, it has allied itself with much that is detestable and irreligious. We may take it, then, that when in France a man of position puts himself in distinct antagonism to the church, and this is, of course, very different to ignoring it, or taking it for granted without writing about it, he is appealed to not as in england by protestants but by freemasons solidaire even by satanism and the more he thinks of religion the viler and more terrible is the temptation that assails him is the home which offers itself to his spirit this m heismans has realized he is a frenchman who knows his people 
and in the book now presented to the reader he shows us a man who having passed through the most terrible ordeals of unbelief has been suddenly converted to faith but has not reformed his life en route is the study of the struggles of such an one while incidentally it contains also essays on church music architecture and other arts on monasticism on the lives of the saints and on mysticism faith is assumed after a course of unbelief and no explanation of the return to it is afforded many have taken in hand particularly of late years to give each an apologia pro vita sua but it will be noticed that the exact process is as little explicable as the quickening of life in the womb the soul awakes and says i believe it has come about by the sudden eruption of grace and not by any statement of syllogisms any admission of premises any conscious drawing of conclusions remembering this the catholic has no right to be disappointed if he feels tongue-tied in the presence of those who do not see as he sees he cannot argue he cannot hope to do outwardly what god did in his own case secretly he recognizes that in spiritual matters men are not swayed by argument which may well defend but not carry a position in religion debate seldom bears sway the daughter of debate is not concord but discord the church collectively has learnt what each man individually learns and to which he must perforce reconcile himself that there is little active zeal for conversions among catholic priests christ must be preached the message has to be delivered but in a nation where he is already known all that the priest can do is to wait till the soul obeys divine grace and then be ready with all necessary help it is not the church's business to go forth and argue with the intellects of those to whose hearts god himself appeals whom discussion would only harden preaching does not necessarily carry the gift of faith to the listener however true it may be that god often uses it as a vehicle for conferring the gift the gift of faith is his greatest gift and no frenchman no italian no spaniard no german of that part of the great teutonic nation which has remained catholic would hesitate for a moment to accept certain words of cardinal newman at which many of our own countrymen have cavilled the cardinal speaks of a beggar woman who has the gift of faith but who may still have many vices as nearer to the heart of god than many far more respectable than she in m heisman's book faith is taken as axiomatic and there is little attempt to explain it though love for art and hereditary tendencies had some part to play in the ready acceptance of the gift the book is an account of the route taken by such an one towards a holy life there is another reason why we have no right to assume that this is an autobiography the inviolability of the confessional has two sides the penitent has as a rule no right to make his verbal confession to the world as the hero is here presented as doing though a writer may naturally give an imaginary confession just as to teach a penitent how to confess an imaginary form might be suggested in a manual of moral theology and of course in rare cases as that of saint augustine there may be occasional reasons for breaking through the rule of expedient reticence the special trials in durtal's way are those of the flesh and here again we recognize a vast difference between the temper and tone of the english and french nations it is true that when the author brings his hero to actual statements and he asks is it necessary that i go into details the monk who is exercising his office says no it is not necessary thereby agreeing with an experienced jesuit father who a year or two since told his retreatants that when they unburthened their sins and sorrows they must always be careful to respect the modesty of the confessional and that the priest would understand a veiled language 
yet durtal writes in narrative certain matters which a translation must hide and merely hint that can be said in french openly which english men would not say to each other in private this arises from a fundamental difference in the manner in which the two nations view certain facts of human nature a young englishman who goes wrong throws as a rule some glow or glamour of imagination over his coarsest excesses justifying his deeds if he think of them by his imagination or by some overmastering need a young frenchman takes the same acts as matters of course needing no veil and no excuse the present book is essentially intact some half dozen passages are softened in phrase it has not been considered necessary to the truth of rendering to give each word its exact equivalent if indeed there be always such an equivalent we have acted on the advice of the trappist in the book and the jesuit in actual english life to respect the modesty of the confessional but however outspoken a frenchman may be about his sins he admits that they are sins and that if he have faith it behooves him to lead a decent life hence m heismanns is bound by the exigencies of his story to make durtal endeavour to reform led by his love of art church architecture and church services appeal to him and as in his former life he was attracted by the abnormal and the monstrous so now the strange lives and experiences of the mystic saints help him on the road the commonplace repels him hence he cannot away with the music in and the architecture of the churches of paris he is not attracted by the secular clergy his retreat his first confession his first communion since his childhood are made in a trappist monastery and the true interest in the book is its defence of the monastic orders and the description of such a life as seen from very near here is as it appears to us the extraordinary value of the book for english readers no one in england is likely to undervalue the secular clergy it is they whom we know st thomas of canterbury one of the most familiar among our english heroes is their patron from them with one exception are drawn the whole of our english hierarchy they have charge of the enormous majority of our parishes and by consequence they with the exceptions of the oratorians a congregation and the jesuits are the guides of our laity the friars dominicans franciscans and servites hold outposts of our london life but monks benedictines trappists cistercians carthusians are known but to few these are they whom this book upholds as the true masters of the spiritual life go to a monastery to make a retreat is in fact the teaching of this book take a monk as your director but if a director be needed in paris go to a jesuit or sulpician you can never astonish a monk says one of them to durtal and indeed this may well be believed after reading the record of the trials to which those are subject who give themselves to the cloistered life some years ago a nonconformist minister in england wrote a book on how to make the best of both worlds and though few would put his thesis in so bold a form this is really what most persons are endeavouring to do both within and without the church they ignore the tremendous conflict now going on between the powers of light and darkness satan and hell are scarcely to be mentioned to ears polite the late canon kingsley once began a sermon in eversley church much as follows my friends you believe in god but there are few indeed here who believe in the devil and the same might be said with absolute truth to almost all christian congregations it is not possible to ignore satan in the cloister the hidden life is that which he most assails the shades are deepest when the sun of righteousness is brightest the cloister is the divinely appointed expiation for the sins of the world 
those who cannot understand the devotion of a carmelite or a trappist and assert that an active life whereof results may at once be seen is the only one which ought to be consecrated to god will do well to remember that in the expiatory life of jesus himself the years of his active ministry were in the exact proportion of one to ten of the years of his whole life those who have come nearest to him in his sufferings have had the most acute consciousness that they were also taking on them a share of his expiatory life the translation here presented to the reader is as full and as faithful as the genius of another language and another nation will allow it has not seemed to the translator that it could be treated as a mere romance written for amusement only it is indeed attractive as is all written from the heart may it speak to the heart of many men in england as it seems to have already done in france and may it be acceptable to his sacred heart to whose compassionate redeeming and expiatory love it is offered end of section zero